as we begin Lent, we are reminded that it is a curious and peculiar season which has peculiar disciplines. We begin by placing ashes on our forehead and we packed away the alleluias with the children so that the notes might be magnified on Easter morning. We might fast or take up a new spiritual practice. Lent is an invitation to slow down, to reflect on the meaning of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. During this sermon series, Lent in plain sight, ordinary objects serve as tangible touchstones in the mysteries of our faith. And today's reading from the Hebrew scriptures is a peculiar passage in a peculiar book in the peculiar season of Lent. Ecclesiastes 11, verses 1 through 6. Send out your bread upon the waters, and after many days you will get it back. Divide your means seven ways, or maybe eight, for you do not know what disaster will happen on earth. When clouds are full, they empty rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the north or the south, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. Whoever observes the wind will not sow, and whoever regards the clouds will not reap. Just as you do not know how the breath of God comes into the bones in the mother's womb, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not let your hands be idle, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Thanks be to God for God's holy word. Pray with me. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. You may have seen on the news a few weeks ago a Norwegian sixth grader named Carol took his parents and their puppy and they boated across the chilly North Atlantic waters near their home to an uninhabited island. And there they recovered a mini boat named the Rye Riptides. The mini boat was the science project built by New Hampshire middle school students at Rye Junior High, despite multiple COVID delays and remote learning during the pandemic. And so after he recovered the boat, Carol brought it to his school and his fellow Norwegian students were delighted to open up the cargo hold and discover photos of their new friends across the Atlantic. The Rye Riptides was one of 20 mini boats launched in 2020 through Educational Passages, an organization that seeks to foster learning about weather and ocean currents, as well as foster connection between the community where the boat lands. By my estimation, the odds of these boats making, are being found are kind of slim, which makes this story kind of fun and exciting. Rye Riptide's GPS recorded a circuitous and unpredictable 8,000-mile route propelled by the whims of the ocean currents. Kohelet, the pen name of the author of Ecclesiastes, knows something of unpredictable ocean currents and the fickle forces of nature. 
because this teacher is believed to have lived after the Babylonian exile, but a few centuries before Jesus, the author knows the uncertainty of nations at war, people forced to find refuge in foreign lands, the whims of dictators, and volatile economic systems that offer no guarantees. Like the philosophy major across the dorm room hall who relishes a good late night conversation, the author of Ecclesiastes doesn't hesitate to challenge widely held premises, like the fact that righteousness will be rewarded and evil punished. We can hardly argue with them and their observations of current events. Who among us hasn't questioned why evil so often prospers and some of the most horrific things happen to the best people we know? Ecclesiastes is a peculiar, contradictory book that offers more questions than answers. And it may be why Ecclesiastes gets very little airtime in worship or in Bible study, but many of us are familiar with the words of Ecclesiastes from memorials or popular music. There is a time for every matter under heaven. One scholar says this about the unlikely addition of Ecclesiastes in the biblical canon. The book's survival and eventual acceptance show that the teacher's words rang true to the Jews struggling to live at the mercy of foreign rulers and where a, the God seems remote, in a world where God seems remote and human effort ineffectual. Perhaps the teacher gives words to our helplessness as we encounter the relentless schoolyard bully or as we struggle to stay mentally and physically healthy in the face of new diagnoses. Perhaps the teacher gives voice to our feelings when we watch the news, wondering if a seizure of a handful of oligarchs' yachts will bring some measure of peace to our world. Kohelet, the teacher, is frank with us, not hesitating to name human ignorance and our ineptitude. Four times in six verses, we hear, you do not know. You do not know what disaster will happen. You cannot control the clouds or the wind. You do not know the mysteries of life. You do not know the work of God who makes everything. As we stand facing seas of uncertainty, Kohelet offers a peculiar wisdom. Send out your bread upon the waters and after many days you will get it back. You're not alone if you wonder what good it does for soggy bread to float back to shore. So there are at least four interpretations of this peculiar and mysterious verse. It could be advice for a farmer to sow seeds on wet ground, or it could refer to ancient beer making practices where malted bread was put into vats of water and then fermented. Some propose it could mean uh, engage in maritime trade. Most frequently, the bread is interpreted as a metaphor for charity and generosity. Since interpretation is elusive, the second imperative in the text is helpful here. In the morning, sow your seed and do not let your hands be idle in the evening, for you do not know what will prosper. 
Whether this is about seeds or trade or brewing, perhaps the best summary of this peculiar advice is to, as one scholar put it, act prudently and daringly at the shorelines of uncertainty. Teachers around the world offer a model for daring against the odds and making a prudent investment in future well-being. Look at the teachers in our own community who cast their lesson plans on to Zoom, not knowing what the future held. And then these same brave souls made pivot upon pivot upon pivot to make sure that students could return and remain in class. In the center photo, students from Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. This is one of the largest refugee camps in the world, being opened 30 years ago when Sudanese children fled the Civil War. It still houses 150,000 people. And despite students having to share textbooks with as many of, as 18 of their peers, the students in this refugee camp pass national exams at an 88% rate, which surpasses Kenya's national average. And perhaps you saw this third photo floating around on social media, which shows an unidentified teacher in a Ukrainian bunker reading to students despite the war outside. Every day, teachers cast their knowledge to a sea of faces before them, knowing, no, maybe hoping is a better word, that knowledge will return in the future through their students' contributions to society. Teachers cast wisdom, and farmers sow their seeds. I grew up on a farm where the lively lunchtime conversation between family and farmhands at our overflowing lunch table, that conversation, it stopped immediately when the farm report came on AM radio. We were wondering, will the ground be ready to plant? Or will the July heat wither the crops? What is the price of a bushel of soybeans or corn sold today? And no matter what the report said, once lunch was over, it was time to get back to work, rain or shine. Now I learned that thanks to its unique soil, among the most fertile soil in the world, Ukraine is nicknamed the breadbasket of the world. The country produces 18% of the world's sunflower seed and 13% of corn and 8% of wheat. Ukrainian farmers met virtually this week with the Macon, Illinois Farm Bureau, and they shared how they are resisting Russian forces, sometimes using farm equipment to refuel military vehicles. The author of Ecclesiastes knows that agriculture is a risky business, even in the best of times. The Ukrainian farmers are daring, not paralyzed by fear. They're planting seeds anyway. In the parable of the sower, Jesus shows us God, who scatters seeds of grace with unimaginably wild abandon. No human farmer would waste grain on thorns and rocks. The other day, I had the pleasure of joining the preschoolers on our search for the image of the sower in our sanctuary, and they were so delighted when they found the seeds shining through the window at the back. The delight gave me new eyes to see God's grace. Seeds grow into wheat, which is ground into flour and baked into bread. Jesus was a teacher, not only a teacher, 
but a teacher who used the ordinary to open our hearts to the sacred, to the mysterious ways of God. In her recent book, Freeing Jesus, Diana Butler Bass compares Jesus to sages like Kohelet. A sage is a certain kind of teacher, one who upsets convention by offering a different understanding and a way of living, a way that embodies wisdom. Jesus was that sort of teacher. He invited his followers to a way of life based on a wildly gifting God who created everything, who turns authority upside down, who shatters the pretenses of power, who proclaims a kingdom of the heart, and who brings the poor, the outcast, the forgotten, and the mourning to a table set with an endless feast. We do not know God's ways. We struggle to see evidence of a wildly gifting God in the midst of so much human suffering. During this Lenten season, we slow down. We use everyday objects to reflect on Jesus' life, teaching death and resurrection, finding, like many before us, that it is extraordinary enough to hold all that we do not know, the peculiar, the tragic, the mysterious, the ineffable, this Lenten season, and always may Jesus, the bread of life, nourish and sustain us. And having tasted and seen this bread of life, let us cast our generosity, our mercy, and our compassion wildly, trusting that the currents of God's grace flow to the heart of God's kingdom. Let us plant seeds of goodness with abandon, that there might be bread to share for the feast. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.